Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we're talking about joy, and as I think about joy, I can't but think of the Swahili word, furaha. Isn't that a nice word for joy? Furaha. Spanish, alegría. Isn't that a beautiful word? Alegría, joy. Um, Freude. In German, did I get it right? Freude. Now, is it any different in low German than high German, or is it Freude? Freud. Whenever I say something in low German, someone says it's one way to me, and then another one says it another way. So I'll, I'll try to learn boy. Freude. So it's a similar word, joy. And we're talking about joy this morning. Now, have you ever received or seen anyone receive a gift of a kitten or a puppy at Christmas? <clears throat> you may have seen it on... on on commercials or on TV, a, a cute little, a super cute little cuzzy, cuddly, fuzzy ball of a, of a cat, usually with a little bowl around their neck, is, is put in a box, and, um, and you, they, they open up the box, and the cat, the little beautiful thing, comes bounding out, and it's always adorable, and, and you always see the little, you know, the little girls or little boys picking up the kittens, and they're so excited. And you probably get warm fuzzies thinking about it right now. I found a video I thought I would show you. David, can we run that? Now, here's trying to keep kittens lined up for a picture. <clears throat> you can see... Looks like Sunday school. <laughs> I don't know if you've actually ever given a gift or, or been there when you're giving in the gift, but this is what it's like. You cannot contain joy or kittens. They are not, you simply cannot contain them. This poor, look at those beautiful little things. You, and then you put them in the box and then just as you're giving the box and they open the box, you never know what's inside if you know what I mean. There's a cat, and there's hair, and there's, you just, look at the little white one, it can't move at all, it's just on that slidey floor. You can't contain kittens, they're like joy. Um, they spill out, and everyone around them enjoys them. I, I, I just loved going, going up to the farm, our family farm, because there were always kittens in the barn. Um, when a, a little one receives a kitten or a puppy at Christmas. Um, they want to tell everybody about it. And they want to, nowadays, of course, you'd Facebook it, you'd Twitter it, you'd Instagram it, you'd, you'd show everyone your, your little kitten. They want to show the adorable source of joy in their lives. And um, today we're looking at joy, and uh, not necessarily the joy in the form of a kitten or a puppy dog, um, but a joy, an overflowing joy. Thanks uh, to Tim and the, the worship team for leading us this morning. Joy, unspeakable joy, an overflowing well. No tongue can tell what joy is like. How many of you have experienced joy in your life? We know joy. Do we live in a constant state of joy? No, not not necessarily, not necessarily a constant state of joy. Today we're celebrating the third Sunday of Advent. You can see joy behind us. We've been on a journey for the past three weeks, the journey of Advent. Just real quickly as we begin to recap, the word Advent means a coming or arrival. It's a season marked by expectation of waiting and anticipating the coming of Jesus Christ. 
It's not just an extension of Christmas. It's a season that looks back at the past, looks at the present, and looks to the future. Christ and his life, his love, his, 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 his love, his hope, his joy, next week his peace. And it looks at our faith now, and it looks forward to Christ's return. So Advent is past, present, and futures. Um, and today we look at joy as found in the story in Luke chapter 1. And in it we find Elizabeth. Elizabeth has a joy that overcomes shame. Joy overcoming shame. Now in the story we have Zechariah. Again, not the Old Testament Zechariah, the New Testament Zechariah, and his wife Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Who is Elizabeth here? Elizabeth. Do we have any Elizabeths here this morning? Not a single Elizabeth. I don't see an Elizabeth. Elizabeth is a beautiful name. And it, it starts with L. L in Hebrew means God. God. Elizabeth means God has promised. That's what the name El Elizabeth um, in Hebrew it's El Eshiva, El Elizabeth. So that's how we get the English Elizabeth. God has promised. So Ezekiel, Zechariah, and Elizabeth were the parents of John the Baptist. He was sent to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah. Zechariah was a pastor in those days, a priest. And um, he was in the temple. So imagine me in my office. He was in the temple in the church. And um, an angel came to visit him. An angel visited him. And what is the first thing that an angel says when an angel visits you? Do you remember? Do not be afraid. I think angels kind of freak people out. They do. So the first thing an angel has to say to you is, don't worry. It's going to be okay. Do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you will call him John. He'll be a joy and delight to you. Many will rejoice in his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Wow. Wow. I don't know if, if Phil and Rachel had that sort of experience when they were giving birth to, a, to little Avery. An angel speaking to them. You're going to have a baby of this gender, this name, and he's going to be a joy. Now, but there was a problem in that Zechariah, Zechariah, can I call him Zechariah? That's the Swahili brain in me, Zechariah. Uh, and Elizabeth were old. Elizabeth was beyond childbearing years. Who here is 88 years old? Do we have anyone 88 years old? There we go. There we go. They say that Elizabeth was 88 years old when she became pregnant. Can you imagine that? 88 years old when she became pregnant. A baby at 88. So do you think this was a shock for Elizabeth? Do you think this could have been a little bit of a shock? Um, so the angel speaks to Zechariah, and Zechariah, he's... He can't believe it. How could his wife, they've been praying for a baby for their whole life, for, for 60 years of marriage. I don't think he believed it. And as a result, his voice was taken away from him. He couldn't speak, almost like my beautiful Sarah. She had a little bit of a voice, but she was very low this morning. Today, we look a little bit closer at Elizabeth and at the focus of her joy. 
To understand her joy, we have to understand a little bit about her pain. Have you ever met someone and they just look like a, a normal, happy person, and then they tell you a bit of their story, and you realize they've gone through some things. They've experienced pain. Many of you, as I've gone to your homes, you've opened up your books and you've shown me stories of walking across Russia or suffering in, in some books call it the green hell in, in Paraguay. It wasn't easy. Your lives were difficult. Elizabeth had had a difficult life. You see, in ancient Jewish culture, children were very important. Psalm 127 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in your youth. Blessed is the man and woman whose quiver is full of them, a full quiver of kids. Children allowed a family to pass on the name. And back in the days of, of Christ, children usually took up the, the role, the task, the business of the family, of the father and the grandfather. Children were viewed as a gift from God and a sign of God's favor. Amen. Think about your kids. They're a gift from God. Amen? Let's hear that louder. Children are a gift from God. Amen? Amen. Amen. John, you've got four. You've got, you've got, your quiver is full. Beautiful boys. Some of you have a beautiful, I think of Lucy this morning. Beautiful little Lucy in my office. What a lovely little arrow she is. Sweet little thing. We pray for your kids. We love them. Elizabeth loved children too, but she couldn't have them. She couldn't have kids. And she's 88 years old and she hasn't had a baby yet and she wants a baby. She hadn't stopped praying. She hadn't given up. Neither had her husband. So they prayed. The problem would have been in, in ancient Hebrew culture, she would have been sort of rejected. There's something wrong with her. She, she didn't have children. She'd be rejected and and uh, wouldn't be a part of things. It's not easy in that day um, to be a, a woman without a child. She must have known some happiness uh, working with Zechariah the priest, um, but she probably carried a burden, a burden that she, that, um, no doubt was near the surface. Luke says of uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. It appears she, she was righteous, she was good, she was... She was happy, but she didn't have a baby. So, they no doubt had figured that they would live the rest of their lives without children. Until the angel spoke. On an ordinary day, Zechariah was in the temple. The angel Gabriel showed up out of the blue and had this long message. We read it. Let me read a little bit of it again. First thing he says is, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Um, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a... Son, and you are going to call him John. The gender, the name. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink. What does that mean? He's going to be a priest, like his father. He's going to be a priest. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord our God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents of their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. Isn't that something? The angel told all of this to Zechariah. 
the gender, the name. He'll be a delight. He'll be a priest. He'll make a difference. He'll be filled with the Spirit. And Zechariah, when he heard it, he didn't believe it. Would you believe it? If his wife is 88, you can... So it's like, Jake, it's like if your beloved was still with you, hearing that you're going to have a, a baby. I'd love to see you with your baby on your, on your electric chair driving around here. I have a feeling you probably wouldn't believe it either. No. I'm going to have a baby, say he was 88 or 90 years of age. He couldn't believe it, and so the angel said, Gabriel said, well then, you will not be able to speak until the appointed time, which is when the baby was to be born. You're going to be silent. So, imagine Zechariah was in my office, okay, in the temple. He comes out of his office, and he can't say a word. Katie is there in the front saying, Zechariah, what's going on? And he can't, all he can do is hand motions. He can't say a word. Imagine that he goes home to Elizabeth and he writes her a little note. You can see the picture. This is an ancient picture of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And I think he's written a little note to say, guess what, honey? An angel spoke to me and in nine months' time, you're going to have a baby. And you see her hand? I think she's saying, speak to the hand. She's saying, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's a very interesting ancient picture of the two of them. Imagine what she thought when she was told that she would have a child. <clears throat> it would seem too good to be true that she would finally have a child after all of these years. She'd been let down again and again, 80, over 80 years without a child, and now she's to have a child. But as soon as this was said by her husband, she says in Luke 1.25, The Lord has done this for me. In these days he has sworn his favor, taken away my disgrace among the people. The Lord has done this to me. Now there's another younger lady who's soon to come to follow her, who has very similar words. So what's curious is that Luke told us about Elizabeth and Elizabeth then disappears for five months. She disappears and goes into seclusion. Now, why would a woman go off into seclusion for five months? 88 years old, pregnant, going off into seclusion. There's, there's no indication as to why it happened. I have some ideas. She wanted to make sure that, that this was real, so she would go off. No one would believe her. But in the six months, Elizabeth experienced a deep encounter with another young lady who had an unborn child. Her name was Mary, and they were related. Young Mary left her home shortly after an angel had spoken to Mary and Joseph. Do you see the similarities here? And as soon as Mary arrived to Elizabeth, Elizabeth's baby from Luke 141 leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth's joy overflowed. She greeted Mary with a beautiful, insightful blessing. Here's what she says. I don't know if anyone's ever met you and said this. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me, that Mary should come to Elizabeth? 
As soon, listen to this, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. We have two women with babies. Elizabeth. We had three women with babies here. And now we have three babies. I asked Phil this morning, did the children talk to each other before they were born? Emily's baby and, and Phil's baby and Bev's baby. Did you wonder, did, are they going to know each other? I guess, there, wasn't there a party or something? I can barely see. I think there's babies up there this morning. Isn't it wonderful that the babies will grow up together? Incredible. So here we have Elizabeth with John, Mary with Jesus, and in Elizabeth's, in Elizabeth's womb, the baby leaps for joy. This is all a Christmas story, but we don't sort of focus on this part for so much. You know what happened? The kitten was out of the box. The kitten was out of the box. The joy was out. Elizabeth and Mary had joy. Mary burst into her own song of thanksgiving. And she gave words to the miracle that she knew was happening in her. She was understood and believed. Mary and Elizabeth could understand each other in ways that no others could. God opened their eyes, Elizabeth and Mary, at that very moment. The miracle of the baby John within Elizabeth and the miracle of the Son of God, Jesus, being born to Mary. And what did baby John do in the womb? The baby leapt for joy. More than anyone else in the world, these two women understood joy. Elizabeth at 88, Mary at 14, together with their children, two boys, John and Jesus, in their wombs. And they knew each other. When you come to my house, you'll see a little picture of Jesus and John the Baptist playing together with a lamb. The two of them growing up together. When we think of our children growing up together. When Elizabeth gave birth to John three months later, the joy of the miracle of an 88-year-old woman giving birth spread throughout the village. Luke 1 says, Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Thank you, Lord, for a baby, for a child. Perhaps there's no greater joy than a mother holding her newborn child. For Elizabeth, the joy, can you imagine the joy for Elizabeth? It must have been overwhelming. But this was just the beginning of the miracles that she'd experienced in her life with this incredible son, John. The infant John, the Baptist, was Elizabeth's source of joy. And Jesus is the source of our joy. The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the results of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We have this joy that comes from a child, Jesus. An inexpressible and glorious joy. Now there's, in English we have a couple words that are similar. Joy and happiness. Do you want to throw that graphic up? Joy and happiness. Now, they differ. Joy is a state or condition that's not based on circumstances. Happiness is more of an emotion. Happiness is your favorite meal. 
Happiness is your favorite song on a summer day. Happiness is getting on the plane to Spain for two weeks for a nice break, a Christmas break, seeing new places, doing something new. That, that makes you happy. And my prayer is that as you go, that you take the joy with you, the joy of home, the joy of family and, and friends. Happiness is temporary. It is a two-week holiday, and then you come back. Happiness is... Uh, comes and goes. Joy is constant. Joy is internal, whereas happiness is more of an external experience. Joy comes from God. Happiness comes from our environment. I love to be happy. I love happy people. I love to make people happy. Don't you like to make them happy? Give them a gift or, or, or make a nice meal for them? Tuesday night, uh, the staff are coming over, the church staff, and we're making uh, gingerbread houses. And Sarah and I were busy yesterday cooking all of the, the gingerbread house pieces. And we're going to have some fun on, uh, on Tuesday night. And I can't wait to see uh, what our kids do. I'm looking forward to David's little boy, Ethan, coming and, and making a gingerbread house. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> and I can't wait. The joy and the happiness on children's faces. But joy is that deeper, that deeper experience that we experience. It's constant. It's internal. There's a great scripture, James 1. We, we studied it earlier this year. James 1, 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let's perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy when you suffer. The word for joy in the New Testament Greek is chara. Chara, joy. And it's, it's more than meets the eye. It's God at work. Even in the difficult things of life, we can have joy. Even in the difficult times, we can experience joy. And eventually, we know that God heals us. He makes us whole. He welcomes us. He includes us. We can experience joy here and now, no matter what's going on around us. The question is, what are the circumstances that you're facing this Christmas season, on this journey towards, through Advent, towards the birth of Christ? There are many situations that would try to steal your joy. And I encourage you to ask God to change your perspective to help you to see from another view, another perspective, to show you joy in the midst of what you're going through. Life, life has its challenges, and we're not always happy, but we can have joy. So my, my prayer isn't for happiness, because that comes and goes. My prayer is for a deeper joy this Christmas. Your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors could see this deeper joy. I just got over a cold, and when I have a cold, I wear nicer clothing. Because I, I don't want people, I don't want to be grumpy and to share my cold or my unhappiness with others. So if you see me looking nice during the week, maybe wearing a tie or a vest, that's, it's probably because I'm not feeling well. And somehow when 
when you do something and you realize I need to have God's joy and I'm not going to spread unhappiness just because I've got a sniffle. It's, it's, a, it's a perspective, an ability to, to realize that God is within me and I will share his joy regardless of what's going on around me. You may not experience a miracle like Elizabeth did, but in Advent and Christmas, there's a miracle for you. This Christmas, there is a miracle for you that should give you great joy. For unto us, A child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the angel speaks to you this morning and says, first off, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the joy giver. Thank you for the example of Elizabeth today. Father, you can do miracles in people's lives. And you've done miracles in my life, in all of our lives. And we're grateful. <clears throat> Help us to rejoice as we await the arrival of Christ. As we await the celebration of his birth in just a few short days. God with us, Emmanuel. So, Father, your joy is with us, a joy that flows deep in our souls and spirits and flows out of us, outward to the world around us. Father, may people know that Christ is King because of me. Father, may your joy and the experience of your joy in my life overflow May you explode like those kittens out of the box. May your joy in me be sensed, be seen, and be felt in my family, in my church, in my community. listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.